Franklin Board of Health. Today is Thursday, September 22nd. We're meeting at 3 o'clock remotely via Governor Baker's emergency order regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. Please note that this will be um, either audio recorded and possibly video recorded, so please take care to share your screen or not to share your screen as appropriate and um, just be mindful of the virtual meeting aspects. Um, for as far as board members present, uh, Jeff Harris, please state your name or here in the affirmative. Here. And Tim. Also here. Excellent, thank you. And then Kathleen, if you could just let us know, report out what staff are available on the line. Yep, I'm available. Um, and Ginny McNeil and Melissa Karakopoulos. Okay, great. Good afternoon, ladies. I hope you are all well. Um, so again, just please take care. Um, to be mindful that this is recorded, that you may be on screen, and um, all votes that are taken will be conducted in a manner of a roll call vote because we are remote. So every board member will have to, you know, state in the affirmative what their vote is. And with that, um, I will uh, defer to Kathleen to explain the nature of the meeting and what is um, being discussed. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. Um, okay. So. It came to my attention uh, and Ginny's attention last week and my attention this week um, that the property at 366 Pond Street, single family, um, uh, was replacing a toilet and sink and required a permit from the building department. Um, when the, um, the plumbing inspector uh, for the building department went to the premises, um, he uh, found First of all, there was no permit for the bathroom and there was no permit for the uh, basement um, uh, that was refurbished. Um, that was the time that they also found there is a septic tank that the bathroom is tied into. And the rest of the um, dwelling is tied into town sanitary sewer. Um, and so we were a little perplexed as to why we would have um, a septic system and a um, tie-in. So um, Jenny and I started uh, an investigation on this because this is extremely rare and personally neither one of us has, has ever um, encountered this. So um, in doing our homework, we found out that we, the Board of Health has a regulation, um, Chapter 250, um, which basically states any property owner making connection to the municipal sanitary sewers in the town of Franklin, Mass, shall immediately upon making said connection, have the septic tank pumped out, filled with sand or gravel, and have the septic tank pumped out and removed from said premises and the land evaluation returned to normal grade. This regulation was adopted in 1988. So um, that's when I called Bridget and I thought that I shouldn't make this decision to be in compliance um, administratively because it had a lot of bumps in the road here. However, we um, decided to have a meeting. And as of yesterday, um, we did some more legwork. We contacted DPW, the water department, and they were unable to tell us when this property tied in. What the thought process that if they tied in before 1988, possibly it would be grandfathered. I don't know. So what we did discover is there is no tag, there is no date of a tie-in. So our next step was to go to um, billing and find out when did this property owner stop being billed for um, sewer. 
And that happened in 2011. So um, basically, in, in finding out all of this yesterday, I probably would have gone administratively and said, you know, this property has to be in compliance with our regulation. Um, I will also state that um, according to the um, plumbing inspector and the building inspector, uh, not the, the electrical inspector, that this entire basement has to become literally dismantled. Walls have to come down. Plumbing has to be checked. I mean, it's quite messy. And then they have to put in a vent that goes from basement to roof. So there's a lot going on here. Um, and I'm kind of sorry I dragged you all into this, knowing what I found out yesterday. But um, after talking with Bridget last night, you know, we, we thought we would just have the members um, and Bridget uh, kind of decide, you know, what we should do here in this situation. Doesn't appear to be any hardship at all. Um, and, oh, and one other thing, the septic tank had been pumped and passed Title V as well. Um, so that's pretty much summing up the situation of um, what to do with 366 Pond Street. Apparently there is, this house is being sold and there are buyers uh, and sellers and it's just, a, you know, a little sticky. Um, Bridget, I think that covers it, but remind me if there's more. Um, I think that, sure. Um, so what I'd like to do now, if it's, if it's okay with the rest of the board, is to invite um, whoever may be involved with the property to kind of explain their situation and where they're coming from. Jefferson, yeah, your name? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, Kathleen, can you go ahead and facilitate that for me since you know who's on the line? Yeah, I see two people here, um, Michelle Cook and Ted Cormier Ledger. Um, I believe Ted is a realtor. I'm not sure how Michelle fits into this, so I'm not sure who would want to go first. I guess, Ted, I'll let you speak for a few minutes, no more than five. Um, I think you're on mute. I'm still on mute. There's a um, microphone. Can you, can you yeah. hear me now? Yeah. So I'll give you about five minutes, okay, Ted? Sure. Um, Michelle Cook is the buyer for the okay. property. And can and you just state your name, address, oh. and and what and how you fit into this? Sure. Ted Cormier Ledger from Three Ashbury Drive in Franklin. And I'm a realtor with Suburban Lifestyle Real Estate. Um, I just want to say for public record, I am not here in my capacity as, as a Franklin Town Councilor. I'm here representing the sellers um, on 366 Pond Street. Uh, Michelle Cook is um, the buyer. And as Kathleen alluded to, when we started the inspection process, uh, really like two weeks ago uh, to bring everything up to speed, it was discovered that the basement bathroom was possibly not discharging correctly to town sewer. Uh, when Gus and his team were out there, they felt some pipes and looked around and said, we don't really know where this is going. They asked me to contact a septic company, which I did. 
they came out with a uh, like a tracking device that they flushed down the toilet, which discharged to the backyard, to everyone's surprise, um, was Grant Septics. And they then dug up the backyard, found the device, but then also found that there was a uh, septic system unbeknownst to the sellers. Um, and then we said, well, we've already dug it up, so let's just go ahead and make sure that it passes because no matter what, we know it, it needs to be a passing Title V. Grant Septic went further and, and got the passing grade. Um, I was able to track down the previous owners uh, who had lived there from 1990 until 2017. Um, they were unaware of a septic system on the property. They said the basement was finished when they bought it, which included the bathroom that we're talking about, but they never did any remodeling down there or questioned where the plumbing was going or anything like that, and, and neither did the current sellers. Um, so in talking with Gus and talking with the plumbing inspector and the electrical inspector, like all of those steps are going forward. The sellers, uh, I don't know if it was just a miscommunication or, or what with the contractor that did the work. Um, but they thought that permits were all set, but uh, clearly that wasn't the case. Uh, so they are taking care of that. Um, but obviously we have a buyer and I've disclosed to the buyer's agent that we've discovered a septic system on the property and that we have to go through this process to find out next steps. The sellers have already moved out. Uh, it would be a substantial amount of money to have to tear this bathroom out or possibly dispose of a uh, unknown, you know, the, the new septic system that they found uh, and connect to town sewer. Um, so the hope was that this body would grant an exception uh, so that because it did pass and it is only a septic system servicing one basement bathroom and apparently has been servicing that bathroom for more than 30 years from at least what we can, uh, what we can ascertain. Um, so that we can move forward with the purchase and get the remaining items taken care of. Uh, it's also my understanding that the Franklin plumbing inspector talked to his uh, state board. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Kathleen, but, but that's how I understand it. And the state and the state board said that the it would be okay to have a septic system that passes and town sewer, but it really comes down to the Franklin by law uh, that we're not in current compliance with. So um, that pretty much sums up where we are to date. Uh, this entire septic system has become a, not, I mean, just a surprise, but obviously we need to, you know, get some guidance from you folks as to what to do next. Um, and then the sellers have to work with the buyer and decide, you know, best steps for moving forward. Um, but in my opinion, it seems unfair to, uh, you know, sort of penalize them for some pre-existing conditions on the home that date that far back. But I understand fully that, you know, sometimes things have to be brought up to, uh, you know, to current code. So that's, uh, that's everything. Thank you. I have a quick question. Um, how much would it cost that anyone look at it to um, tie that basement bathroom into the town sewer line that's in the house. Did anyone check that out? That hasn't been, uh, that that quote hasn't been given to us yet. Has uh, it hit that possibility? 
Um, it, it is, a, I suppose, it is a, certainly a possibility, um, you know, and then the question then becomes disconnecting and discarding or removing, you know, the septic system that's in the yard, which I know is quite costly. Um, so I, I don't have a figure right now what it would cost to do the tie-in. Well, um, I would think you could either put a pump in in the basement and pump it up to the up to the town sewer or uh mm -hmm. a line into the town sewer if it's if it's below ground um but that that should be looked at first before allowing this to happen i would think if there's any way to tie it in and they want to keep the bathroom then i i, I would look at that first well we've been told that it's possible it's just we don't have the we don't have the price quote right i mean i think i think part of the challenge is that um, that's why the bylaw was created. When you have the ability to tie in, you should divert all, you know, all possible sewage, effluent, et cetera, into the sanitary sewer and remove that impact on the environment. I, I don't know how costly the uh, tie-in would be, but I think the other component that is being sort of talked around and about a little bit is the need to actually abandon and collapse that septic system. So there's actually no real removal that happens. Um, Equipment comes in, they break up the tank, they break it up, um, and then they re they fill it with either um, you know a, a fill or some type of however they that uh, contractor decides to do it will backfill and fill up that entire tank, but it's no longer um, a, a health hazard or a safety hazard. Um, you know, years ago, a, a little boy died in Tom because he fell into uh, an improperly secured uh, an, an improperly abandoned system. So that's really it's, it's a combination of all of those things. It's, health and human safety as well as life safety at that point. But I think that what looks like there'd be two different folks, one to tie in and then one to complete the abandonment process. Just wanted to make sure we're on the same page there. Mm -hmm. That's what I would look at. Yeah, and I have to agree um, with Jeff and Bridget. Jeff, there was some talk about a pump, having a pump at, you know, to up to, if you know, yeah. it's tied in. And of course you know best than me. Um, so there's that tying it in and then like Bridget just said, not removing the septic tank, but abandoning it, um, um, is, you know, we wouldn't ask that that be taken out of the ground that stays in the ground. It's crushed. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, Tim, I don't know if you want to weigh in, but, um, that, that would be my recommendation as well. Kathleen, can you just state your, your recommendation, um, Sure, absolutely. My rec my recommendation is that the um, the dwelling. I'm not sure the owner, the the current owner, or the um, buyer be in compliance with Chapter 250, uh, Section 11, and um, tie that bottom bathroom in the basement to sanitary sewer and abandon the existing septic tank. what is the timeline that you're recommending with that immediately or well I, that's where i think it gets a little sticky um so it would either be the current owner or the the new owner but they haven't you know purchased the home yet so what what i would have to do is write a letter to the existing owner asking them for to be in compliance with this this chapter so it, the order would go to the existing owners 
right. And what would be the time frame? Like when the letter goes out, what's the time frame for compliance? A month? 30 days? What do you, I think that's, I mean, you know me, I do seven for everything, but 30, I think would be no. convenient. Yeah, my only concern there is, is um, and I didn't even, it just crossed my mind just now as we were sort of talking, is that when your, when your system fails and actually puts effluent into the environment, we give more than a month. I know this isn't a failure, so I don't know mm -hmm. if we want to give more time or actually before we do that, um, we didn't ask uh, Ms. Silk if she wanted to say anything. Should we defer to her for a moment first and then continue our deliberation? Sure. Thanks. I'm sorry, uh, Ms. Silk, we didn't mean to abandon you. I, that's okay. Um, I'm just here to gather information and see what the um, outcome of this is going to be so that I can, you know, have some more knowledge and decide what my next action would be. So I, I of course, would prefer it to just disappear and go away, um, but that doesn't sound like it's going to happen. And so the, I guess the logistics are going to need to be worked out somehow. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to assume no. to speak for you or have a switchback over you. So I wanted to make sure we took a moment mm -hmm. to recognize you. So thank you for your patience there. Mm -hmm. um, okay, Kathleen, back to timeline. Jeff, Tim, Kathleen, 30 days. What do you guys, what is, what is the thought there? I, I 30 days is fine. They should get going right away. And, and, you know, if they need a little extra time, I would be fine with that. Oh, Bridget, do you, do you know what this the timeline is if there is a failure like what that what that timeline is uh it, it does vary um i know it's a little bit different when you have a sewer connection available it's usually a shorter time frame because it's you know uh, in theory easier to tie in as opposed to put in you know a brand new system uh, i don't have the numbers off the top of my head i just know that typically it's more than 30 days because if your system has failed completely right. you would have to have a brand new soil test you'd have to have all this additional work done that just right. it's just not possible in three days um i've seen orders for three months six months etc I, I think the biggest challenge though with having a uh, prolonged sort of to kathleen's point to having a prolonged time period is at that point um, when properties change hands or change ownership, people sort of let the project go with the previous owner, and that could have been what happened here a long time ago. Um, so that's sort of the challenge. It becomes really difficult to enforce something when you send an order to, say, you know, John Smith, and now someone else is, is the owner on record. It just becomes really difficult for the enforcement capacity. So I understand that in 30 days for sure. I just wanted to make sure we're talking about all aspects as best we can. Well, we could do an easy 45 days because it may, we don't know how long it will take for the tie-in to take place either with DPW. Right. Once they make a decision on what they're going to do, I'm, I think they should make a decision, you know, right away in w which direction they're going to go. And once they do, um, I think 45 days is fair because I think collapsing the system, they do that in, in a half a day and fill it with, with dirt. It's the right. problem of the inside work that they're going to do could take a little time, but I think 45 days is fair. Bridget, Tim? I'm all set. I don't have any other questions or comments. Bridget, you want to make, you want to make a motion or you want more comment or? Uh, I can't make a motion. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Uh, 
not allowed to make a motion. No, the chair cannot make a motion. It's against Robert's rule. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry, Jim or Tim. <laughs> I make a motion to accept 45 days. So for for the owner to be in compliance with Chapter 250, Section 11 in 45 days? Yes, I make a motion for 45 days. Okay. Second the motion. Bridget, right. is that motion okay, the way I read it and the way Jeff said it? Yeah. He needs to say it. A little bit more. I can't just see the 45 days. So, um, Jeff, so, if you can build it up a little, bolster it up a little bit more with coming to compliance with the current regulation within 45 days, something along the I'll let Kathleen kind of coach okay. it back. I make a motion. 45 days to be in compliance with the regulations. Do I have a second? I can second that motion. Okay, um, so we'll do a roll call vote. Um, Jeff Harris. Yes. Tim. Yes. And the chair, uh, Bridget Tweed, I will also vote uh, yes in support of the health director's recommendation and Jeff's motion um, to bring the property into compliance within um, 45 days. Okay. Thank you, board members. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, Michelle. Um, do you, who wants to adjourn? I make a motion to adjourn. Second the motion. All right. We'll adjourn at 321. Uh, yep, so, um, uh, the, uh, the motion, I can't even think, um, roll call vote, uh, Jeff? Yes. Uh, Tim? Yes. And the chair votes yes. All right, thank you everyone. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks for getting together so quickly to just ask that out. Thanks, Thanks for everybody. Thank you. Bye, everyone. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.